0: Hi, my name is James Andrea, and you are listening to the Back to Human podcast. On today's episode, we have myself. I feel like I've been procrastinating for quite some time now with doing a solo episode, it's been requested in the past. Um, so I figured now would be the best opportunity to do so even though I kind of do things a little bit backwards that's uh just kind of how I live my life how you do one thing is how you do everything I tend to just throw myself into the fire uh, this is the 20th episode of the podcast and when I initially started I didn't even foresee it going this far I just kind of had this internal calling that I need to start spreading the word about certain health issues and podcast was the way to do so and i picked up that call i didn't actually know what it would look like at first i like i mentioned just kind of threw myself in the fire and now i am figuring out things along the way i'm taking messy action as one of my mentors steve lane would say so on today's episode we are actually going to have miss jade hyman interviewing me so jade host welcome to the show
1: All right. Thanks for having me back again. Super honored to be here. And I am so excited to dive in with you because the world needs to and gets to hear your story. Um, So with that, let's just dive right in. This is all about you right now. So you've had so many amazing guests on your podcast so far, and now you get to actually speak about you and your history and your past and what actually brought you to this moment. So who are you, James?
0: I really don't like titles, but if you needed to define me some way, somehow I am a holistic health coach. I um, am a functional range conditioning mobility specialist. I am recently a functional range strength coach. And I started personal training back in two thousand eleven. So I've gone through various organizations. I've been certified by NSCA. I have my CSCS, or I had my CSCS. I kind of let it expire. I've just been pursuing so many other different certifications along the way. Um, I am a NASM Corrective Exercise Specialist, and I have a whole slew of different certifications, I suppose of been a personal trainer and I've transitioned from more of the fitness lifestyle, I suppose, into more of a holistic approach to wellness.
1: So all those letters are super fancy and I'm in a similar realm to you. So have an idea of what those mean, but in layman, layman terms, what do you help people do?
0: I get people stronger in... I help them resolve joint pain. I help them resolve some health issues that may be stemming from their nutritional intake. So their dietary intake. And if I could really just put it simply, I help people become a better human being.
1: And back to human. Yeah.
0: Mm-hmm. That's <laughs> the whole goal of this.
1: I love it. So that's what you currently do. So what is a little bit more about the background that led you up to this moment tell us about your past tell us about your childhood your upbringing depends on how far back you want to go but tell us a little bit about how you've got here
0: so as i mentioned uh, i started personal training back in 2011 so i graduated from florida atlantic university with a bachelor's degree in exercise science And from there, I did a handful of different internships with some really well-known sports performance uh, facilities down here in South Florida, namely Bomberito Performance Systems. And I've worked with pretty much every population from youth to the professional NFL level, to professional soccer, and also geriatrics as well. So I've kind of dabbled in every little area, and what brought me to this point is throughout my education and throughout my training, my experience in the field, uh, I got decent results. Um, I'm definitely, I don't regret any of the things that I've done because they've led me to this point, but with myself, I was kind of following the model that was being perpetuated throughout uh, even college education. So when I was going for the certifications, what they really focused on was if um, calories in and calories out or and if it fits your macros model and they were following this thermodynamic approach which um, if you're trying to lose weight then the only thing that really matters is the amount of calories that you're ingesting. So a lot of people in the fitness industry they're told that, they need to just consume less and move more. And I had I was spouting this as well. I was the one that was passing this along because it's what I believed it, what was it's what was effective to a certain point until it really wasn't. So I remember having clients that would tell me, it's like, hey, I'm following this, but meanwhile, their weight on the scale wasn't going down. Their lifts would go up, they'd get stronger, they were more aerobically fit, but the weight just stayed the same. And it got to the point, honestly, where I figured that they were just lying. I assumed that they were lying. It's like, no, you're consuming way too many calories. The scale does not tell you how healthy you are. It's, it's an arbitrary number in the scale. And a lot of people will get fixated on this, especially women. Women, you are the worst with this, I'm just being honest. Please don't come at me with your pitchforks. But I've had in the past where women will focus on this one number and they could be shredded. They could be beach ready. They could be in their 40s. They could be a MILF. I'm just going to say that. (laughs) But somehow they're not happy because they do not weigh 128 pounds. So what the scale tells you is just an arbitrary number. It doesn't tell you how aerobically fit you are. It doesn't tell you. What type of mood you're in it doesn't tell you how much sleep you got, how good your quality of sleep is, and overall how you're showing up in the world. So ditch the scale. That would be my first little piece of advice. If someone's looking for advice here, would be throw out the fucking scale. It means absolutely nothing. And then what happened one day is I was pretty fit, uh, pretty strong, uh, pretty athletic, still am. If anything, I feel like I'm stronger now than I was before due to the changes that I've made, but I learned that there is much more to nutrition in what you're eating than just a calorie because at a certain point, and this is uh, something that's been requested of me in the past, people have asked, because I've mentioned on other podcasts that I was in a little dark pit. I was in a hole myself and I had to pull myself out of this. So I was going through a period of insomnia, anxiety attacks, I had eczema, I had really, really bad skin. And I was still lean. Like I even have pictures of this day, I would take little bathroom selfies. And I I looked good. But all this was going on in the background. So I ended up kind of just going through this downward spiral. Things got worse and worse. If you're not sleeping and you're experiencing anxiety attacks, this is going to affect every single other area of your life. So it's not just sleep. It's not just recovery from the gym because if you can't sleep, then you're not going to recover. So you're going to be chronically exhausted and this is going to show up in relationships. So you can be moody. You can be very irritable. And I really couldn't pinpoint what was what was going on in my life at this point. I just know that something subconsciously deep within me was telling me to do something different. So I made a radical, drastic change, and I ended up leaving my previous place of employment. Uh, I wanted to kind of go out on my own. I didn't really have too much of a plan besides perhaps becoming like an Uber driver and passing out business cards. I was willing to do that to make it happen. I pretty much had to just start it from scratch. And throughout this process, I wanted to really resolve what I was experiencing in terms of anxiety and the insomnia. Uh, Looking back now in hindsight, I probably could have done things in a better way, but I reached a breaking point. Um, And I know that I needed to change. So, and I, I asked for a change from above, from God. And what he did was he wouldn't do it in a way that I would have liked. It was kind of just stripping away absolutely everything that I had known. So everything that I was comfortable with, everything that I was currently doing at the time had to go. So he had to make room for more. It's like, all right, if you want this change, then guess what? I'm going to give it to you, but you're going to start from scratch. and you can't keep doing the same things that you were doing before. So ended up leaving my previous place of employment with absolutely no plans. was broke as hell. Uh, No clients at the time. And then I had actually gotten dumped. So that added to it. And it kind of just led to this spiral, this downward spiral Um, was very depressed at the time. This even showed throughout some of my content and the, uh, back in the day when I look back at it I was posting up in like black and white it's like it's very dreary and very sad not very happy and bright so long story short I had to make a radical change and this started with nutrition as I mentioned before I was broke broke as hell and I remember one of the first things that I wanted to do was I wanted to jump on a meal delivery service, which would kind of make it easier for me to eat better quality food. That way I don't go for the junk stuff. So yeah. so went through this radical change and nutrition was my foundation. I know that I needed this. I couldn't even really afford it at the time, but I wanted to make it work. And what I did what what I noticed when I made this change was that my skin got better. My anxiety went away. I was more focused. my hair started to grow back. It was thinning at the time because I was overly stressed and I was eating things like monster energy drinks. I was drinking monster energy drinks. I was eating sour punch candy. I was uh, drinking alcohol. alcohol was another one too. So throughout this change, it kind of hit me one day. I had this huge epiphany. I was eating cleaner. I had ditched any processed foods. And then I went out to a park near me called Vista View Park, and I was running. I remember I had this inner voice. and It's like, you need to do this. Like, go for it. Go for it. And I'm like, where is this coming from? People are going to think I'm crazy. But it was this internal calling. It's like, You need to do this. And it was scary as shit at the time because I knew that no one would believe me. And the epiphany that I had was all the processed foods, all the junk foods, they all contain sugar in them. Every single one of them. There's added sugar in every single product. And I'm going to dive into this in a later podcast that I am uh, recording this week. Regarding nutrition, but people struggle to lose weight. And there is this relationship between sugar and insulin. Insulin is a fat storing hormone. Well, if you're ingesting sugar constantly, if it's in every single processed food product, then how is it going to be possible for you to lose weight if you're constantly boosting up your insulin because of your sugar intake? It's like you're just a hamster running on the wheel and you're you're spinning your wheels. You're not going to get anywhere fast. But beyond that, again, I realized that it was in every single product. And now what I've learned is there's, there's more to it. All this processed stuff has things like seed oils, vegetable oils, which are inflammatory. And it really hit me. It's like if these products are... On the shelves, if they're in every single convenience store, if they're in every gas station, if they're so readily available to us, they're cheap too. Much cheaper than organic food. This is on purpose. This doesn't just happen. This isn't a coincidence. So we are being systematically poisoned. And there's connections if you want to draw the web out. I'm sorry, this is going dark, but it's it's what I had this epiphany, this moment of clarity that's like, oh, shit, we're in this system that makes people sick. And 100%. then from that, from that moment on, I was just like, I need to spread the word. I need to tell other people about this. And that's kind of how I got here. That was a few years ago. And I've been, learned more in the process long-winded answer, but that's how I got to the point where I'm at. I went down this downward spiral. Uh, everything got ripped away from me, and I decided to keep fighting, and I decided to make a change for the better. Now I'm here.
1: Very rarely do we hear of a massive successful success story or somebody who's doing big things and making a big impact if they haven't gone through that dark night of the soul right so you obviously went through that you left your job you got dumped luckily for me selfishly of course but you got dumped you lost your job you were having all these anxieties skin all these other different types of mental and physical health challenges and would you say there's obviously that's enough but do you feel like there was anything else pushing you to you know reach deeper like did you did you have any inclination that there was just more
0: more in regards to like life
1: in regards to health in regards to life whatever that question means to you
0: yeah so once I had that epiphany and I realized that again we're being systematically poisoned. Big food leads to big pharma. You're going to be on prescription medications for the rest of your life. You're never going to come off them unless you make some drastic change like I did. Uh, You're not going to get answers in the Western medical system. So what I perceive this as, if you want to go conspiracy route, is, okay, there's someone behind this. These companies are behind this. Um, They are Obviously, there is a demand for the products. They have people hooked on Drugs. I don't believe that we have the food and drug administration. I believe that we have a food with drugs administration, which I don't think that people should really trust, uh, because I know that there's some people out there that would say, oh, the FDA approved it. It must be safe. Hilarious. Yeah. What just happened over the previous two to three years? Yeah, that's not actually the case. And there's foods that are banned here in the United States or in other countries. Foods are banned that we have here and that we consume in the United States in copious, copious amounts. So yeah, I perceived this as a a lie and I knew that if this is what has been made available to us, yeah, there has to be more. There has to be a whole nother life that we can experience if we can kind of break out of the system, if we can try to see things differently, but you kind of need like a, a bird's eye, a view. And, if this is what you've been raised in, which we kind of all have, we've been birthed in hospitals, we've been birthed in the cities and we go to school, we do the same things that our parents did because they didn't know any better. So this is generation after generation after generation. That's all doing the same stuff. It's like, we have no idea our capacity, like our potential. So yeah, if these things are being readily made available to us, if they're made available to domesticate us, that's the way that I see it, then there has to be something way better out there that we can all experience. And that's kind of what I'm trying to dig at right now, but I need a really big shovel.
1: Yeah.
0: (laughs) Or a lot more people digging with me.
1: Well, what, what have you discovered so far? Obviously, you're only a couple of years into this upward spiral, Um, But what are some things that you feel like have worked for you and that have gotten you to see the light, for lack of a better word, or turn?
0: Getting out into nature. So some of the things that I've discovered, I've previously discussed or had guests on my podcast discuss in regards to earthing, um, footwear, how the shoes, they kind of keep you elevated off the ground and they have a rubber sole so that you can't, um, so that you're no longer conductive. You can no longer receive electron from the earth, which will help with things like sleep with circadian rhythm with reducing inflammation. And then if you want to go into uh, the root cause of all disease, some people believe that the root cause of all disease is inflammation. So the best medicine is literally underneath your feet. So, The the best things in life truly are free. Uh, Other things that I've come across has been the saturated fats. So saturated fats are kind of demonized. Meanwhile, I eat copious amounts of butter, you know that, and I'm able to stay lean year round. Um, Other lies that I've come across would be things like sunscreen. I used to be incredibly white. My ass is still very white. It's almost as white as a shirt. And uh, once I, once I switched up my nutritional intake and I started actually eating a lot of butter, a lot of saturated fats, good quality meats. I could stay out in the sun. And I actually noticed this at that same park that I had the epiphany. I was like, I've been out here all day and I haven't applied sunblock once, but I'm not burning. So that, that was a huge little light bulb moment for myself. Thank you, son. Uh, The OG light bulb. (laughs) And then it came back to, okay, the, the type of fats that you consume are going to contribute to your skin health, to your mental health. Uh, the saturated fats are probably your best friend. It's probably one of my favorite things. Uh, Dr. Jerry Tennant, I'm very, um, I admire his work a lot. And he mentions that the only way that you're ever going to get healthy is that you, if you consume copious amounts of fat, saturated fats. So things like lard, uh, lard, tart, uh,
1: <laughs> lard, a new new yeah, fat.
0: it's a mix lard, tallow, butter, uh, whole fat, raw milk, um, And just things from the earth, like the one thing that he said, and I love this, is that you cannot make perfect better. I don't think that God makes mistakes. So if he created this environment, and I do believe that we are created in his image, then he probably had the right idea in mind. And I don't think that man can even come close to making something equivalent.
1: Couldn't agree more. I, uh, with... One of my favorite, I think I saw a meme the other day where it was just like, I don't always uh, follow government health advice, but when I do, or when I don't, I'm like healthier than ever or something like that. So I always say, and I know you obviously agree, that's why we're aligned on this pretty much whatever the main narrative is when it comes to health. So to fear the sun, to fear saturated fats. If you pretty much just do the opposite, you're probably going to be better off than 90% of the population. Um, so I love that those are the things that have worked for you. Um, I want to kind of shift gears just a, a tiny bit, just so the audience can really get to understand you a little bit more, because you offer so much knowledge and information and so many different tips and you know biohacking tools and so much Knowledge, like the the wealth of knowledge from not only the um, guests that you've had on your podcast, but all those books that you have behind you, just pour out of you, right? So you talked a little bit about the the um, certain events that got you to be where you're currently at, but why don't we go ahead and reverse a little bit because obviously I know, and maybe some of the, the people listening know that you actually just recently became a father a couple months ago. So congratulations to you. Congratulations to us. Mm -hmm. Um, And I know this is really, really important for you for multiple reasons that obviously I'm going to let you speak on. But um, there's actually something really special about you and unique about you that I'm going to go ahead and let you go ahead and tell the audience about.
0: Well, thank you, because it takes two. Yes. So for those that don't know in the audience, I am adopted. And this actually, I would say, contributed a lot to what I was experiencing um, throughout that downward spiral. So I know it like like um, just thought of this now, but in Hollywood, like at 27 years old, I think that's like the, the curse year where a lot of people die or something like that. Yeah. And supposedly, if you want to go conspiracy route, it has something to do with like their programming and uh, mon- uh MKUltra, whatever that may be. So it's like at 27 years old, your brain kind of resets. Uh, And I think it was actually around that time that I had kind of this crisis. I can't remember what year. I'm pretty sure it was 2017. Uh, so that's interesting. But <laughs> I had a lot of subconscious issues. I I guess that's the easiest way that I can put it. Um, Like these inner callings and behaviors that didn't really make a whole lot of sense to me. So now when I rewind, I can look back at uh, my relationships at that time with clients, with employers, whoever it may have been or in, in like an intimate relationship. And I saw behaviors that were being expressed at that time that were related to my adoption. And I didn't really put these two things together at the time or throughout my entire life up until that point. And what I found strange was that everyone else around me always told me that I should meet my biological parents. And I kind of brushed it aside. I wasn't really interested. So for the backstory, my parents were 13 and 14, respectively. My mother was 14 when she had me. Um, so they were too young to bring up a child in this world. And they made the hard decision to put me out for adoption. We all know what the alternative to that would have been. So I'm extremely grateful that they decided to actually go through with it. And they gave me up to a very loving home Uh, because I, I don't really know where I would have been had I either obviously been aborted. I wouldn't be here. Or if I would have grown up in those circumstances when they were not really fit to raise a child, they were still children themselves. So I was put up for adoption and my adoptive parents gave me an absolutely amazing childhood. I was really, really athletic. I was always a really gifted athlete. And like many other people, uh, I kind of grew up on these processed foods. So that obviously led to some of the issues and some of the habits and like uh, nutritional intake that I had up until my twenties, where I just assumed that these things were okay. And those contribute to like mental health. But at this point, at this pivotal point, going back to when people could kind of, they were suggesting that I go meet uh, meet the parents. I wasn't interested because I understood that they weren't fit to raise a child. So I forgave them. And as I said, there was kind of like this outside perspective. Everyone kind of knew something about me that I didn't know myself. So how my adoption, and uh, for a little bit more further details my my sister she's actually adopted too she made me take a 23andme test or ancestry one of the two i forget what it's called but she made me spit in a little tube and i didn't think anything would come of it i wasn't interested in the family tree or anything like that i i legit did not care but my results came back and then I, all of a sudden i received a message from someone on Facebook, and it turned out to be my aunt, and she's like, "Hey, are you are you, are you uh, looking for your father?" I'm like, "What? My my dad's in the other room. What are you talking about?" Yeah, <laughs> and uh,
1: just had dinner with him. Like,
0: yeah. So it's, it's, she's like, "No, are you are you looking for your biological father?" And then she sent me a picture of him. Like, holy crap, that's me. Mm-hmm. It's like that's me. So long story short we ended up, uh, connecting. I was able to connect my mother as well. Uh, mother through biological mother. I will say that, um, through Facebook and the very first message that I sent to her was thank you for giving me the opportunity to live. That would have been the only thing if I could ever actually meet them in person. That's all I would have ever wanted to say. Mm -hmm. That's how grateful I am for being able to be on this earth, being able to breathe, being able to witness life. So uh, I sent that, never really got to meet um, my mother. I just never really pursued it because it's kind of stressful. So any adoptees that are are listening to this, like you already have an established life. You already have your adoptive family. You already have your intimate relationships. And then especially at my age, I I could have pursued this sooner. I just, again, I wasn't interested. Um, It never just crossed my mind. I was at peace with it. I, I thought. Um, but it's stressful at like adding these relationships, like it, it can be really difficult. So I ended up meeting my biological father though, because he was, uh, relatively close. And I also met that, um, that side of the family, a lot of my aunts. So it was a very, very special moment meeting my biological grandmother as well. It was my aunts, my grandmother, and my cousin. So what's funny is when I showed up at the restaurant, I think this was around my birthday. It was like a birthday lunch. And it was amazing because it was the most surreal moment of my life. I had never met these people. They were blood relatives. They were literally blood. And for the first time in my life, I actually saw people that looked like me.
1: Mm
0: So. This has nothing to do with my adoptive parents. Again, they gave me an amazing household. But for a baby, this is a very traumatic experience to be taken away from your family. It it may not be perceived that way. It's like, you, you went to a great house. How can you not be grateful? It's like, we just had a kid. I was there. I saw the whole process. There's a bonding And I have a a special bond with my son, our son, that you can't really even put in the words. So to have that kind of stripped away from you, whether there's an understanding or not at, at an adult logic level. That's one of the biggest wounds that you could ever have. And. As a baby, you have no way to come to terms with this. So you kind of just have to deal with it. And then you have to find ways to cope and ways to survive and try to meet your needs in an environment that is very threatening because you don't have mama. So I obviously am still here. I still am alive. But how this would show up in relationships for for myself was that I was very angry. Uh, I was very controlling, very needy, very jealous. And I didn't really know where these things came from. Um, In a way that I found to cope with this was through alcohol. So at a certain point in my life, I was consuming a lot of alcohol. Um, Even in this downward spiral, I would say I was consuming even more. And I thought it was just Like normal. I thought it was fine. And I'm very grateful for my adoptive sister Heather, by the way, because she's actually the one that said something. And I believe that real friends would tell you something. It's like, hey, you're drinking too much. That's all she said. And I was like, oh, that's all I needed to hear. It's like I was able to cut it out. And actually, the very last drink that I really had, I've had like a little bit of wine and maybe some sake if we're going on a date or something like that. But Before I would have to habitually drink to go to a social setting and the very last drink that I ever had out of this anxious state was when I actually went to go spend Christmas with my biological family. I was going to drink going up there and I decided, no, I don't need this. So I was sober for Christmas and it was an amazing, amazing experience as I mentioned, the trauma from my adoption, and there's a book on this as well for any adoptees that are um, listening to this. It's called The Primal Wound. And this kind of just put things into perspective. It talks a lot about the behaviors that are going to be um, expressed as an adoptee when you don't really have this resolution. And it's kind of, how do you resolve something like this? It's very difficult. Like, I guess it would require therapy and I never went to therapy for this. But these type of things would show up in my relationships. And they were very destructive behaviors. They were very self-sabotaging. So I'm 30, I'll be 33 now. It's like, if I didn't have these behaviors in that beginning part of my life, I'm curious where I would be at now. But everything has its perfect timing. Everything has its reason. A lot of the relationships that I had were very clingy. Uh, needy, jealous. I had to be in control. Toxic, I guess, would be a really good word for it. And I would, I guess my baby, my baby self didn't want to have to deal with the thought of another loss. So I really wouldn't let people get very close to me, which even you experienced at first. Yeah, I know you kind of broke that a little bit
1: work for what you want ladies yeah (laughs) sorry
0: so so this would show up in in relationships and honestly what helped me see this from another perspective and kind of put my finger on it or start to put my finger on it was the time that i took shrooms for the very first time so i'm not advocating for drug use especially drug abuse but there are some medicinal properties in things like psilocybin, which go figure is illegal. Uh, but the first time that I ever took shrooms, I, for the first time was able to see, it's like, oh, that's why I'm jealous of other people. Like if uh, there would be situations where I would be jealous of other people interacting or, or even hugging. And it's like, why, why does this bother me so much? It's like, they're just, they're just hugging or there was even one relationship where I saw a family and I'm like they're they're so close to each other they're so close in it like this this is fake I've never seen this in my life because I've always had like small gatherings and these the big ones would always bother me so it's like why would they bother me it's like oh because I didn't have that myself so
1: yeah there's uh again, this this line that I kind of go to all the time, which is trust the triggers to teach. So it sounded like, you know, when something was triggering you, a lot of people kind of just stopped there. And it's kind of just like, wow, this is this is triggering me, and it's somebody else's problem. But, that's what one of the things, one of the very many things that I admire about you is that you don't just stop there. You realize that there is always an opportunity, a learning opportunity about yourself in any of these situations. So in, in doing that work, it's, you know, it it has evolved you as a person and it's, it's something that I am grateful to witness. Um, So how would you say that being an adoptee, how do you how would you say that that has impacted you in in terms of being a father? Because we've had multiple conversations, but nothing that the that the Internet has heard. So how would you feel like that translates to you now being in a leadership father position?
0: Mm, Well, it's. I honestly kind of just want the best for him. On which every parent's going to say that. But seeing him, I can honestly kind of see myself. Obviously, he's of me. He's of us. But it really just drove home. It's like, all right, when he's crying, what does he need? And I can kind of zoom out and almost picture myself as a baby. It's honestly surreal and I can't even, obviously I can't go back in time, but it's like, what would baby James would have wanted? And he would have, he would have wanted love. He would have wanted mama. He would have wanted that, that hug. And it's, it's just different. It's, it's different as an adoptee. And I've always kind of felt like the black sheep, uh, which I guess through my behaviors now, I definitely would be um, considering how most people live their lives, eating the junk foods, uh, consuming mainstream media and just not healthy. So black sheep's is going to be the one that stands out from the crowd. Uh, there's plenty of other black sheeps, but I always kind of felt like the black sheep when I was growing up. Like uh, I was always shy um, for no particular reason. Other people would gravitate towards me. But I would always kind of like not want to be the center of attention, always draw attention away from me. So in regards to how to be how this really affects me as a father. I don't I don't really know yet. It's just I can see myself in him. So I want to be able to provide things for him that I wasn't able to have. And this isn't really in terms of materialism. It's not really in terms of, I, I received love, so that that really can't be it. I received tons of love from my adoptive family, even though I was, I mean, big pain in the ass, but just that bond, that that close bond.
1: I'm sure your, your mom is going to love listening to you finally admitting publicly that you were a pain in the ass growing up, so shout out, shout out. Um. Yeah, and I love that that honest answer of you just not knowing yet. I mean, it really has, you know, to the day has been nine months since he has performed the ultimate escape room, escaping the womb. And I've seen you grow into a different version of being a, a powerful father every single day, especially as his needs change. And it's such a beautiful opportunity uh, as a parent, mother, father, father. Uh, adopted biological whatever it is to have this this really unique opportunity to reparent um, ourselves ultimately and when when you're saying you know I want to give him the things that maybe I didn't have or maybe capitalize on the things that I got a lot of that really worked for me that's the goal of evolution like that is the true definition of going back to human which is really every single successive generation getting that boost right whether that is physically nutritionally emotionally mentally spiritually so what would you say are some of the things that you are going to continue to do that worked for you like things that you received um, as a child that you're gonna to continue to pass down the generational line? And what are some things that you're gonna add? We talked a little bit about nutrition already, but what, what other aspects?
0: Uh, things that I would wanna pass on is knowing how to actually do things, like knowing how to fish, fishing's fun. Uh, I can only imagine how few kids actually know how to fish nowadays. But I'm very grateful that I learned that. My dad's an avid fisherman. My biological by- uh, adoptive father is an avid fisherman. Uh, he was also pretty handy as well. So putting things together, I'm not the best. Still need some work. Need to spend some more time in Lowe's or Home Depot. But that's definitely something I'm grateful for as well. And I, I loved how he was always, he could make friends with everyone.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: So... He could literally I feel like he he could sell sand to the beach pretty much yeah, great, I get that um,
1: <laughs> I get that for him, <laughs>
0: yeah, yeah, so he can make friends everywhere. He's always kind of calm, chill, which I'd say I'm very chill myself now. um and things that I would like to add though would be definitely just better leaderships in in terms of taking care of yourself. So he's only nine months old, still a little baby, but throughout the nine months, i felt like I just need to be stronger. Like every single day, I just need to be stronger, not necessarily physically, but mentally, spiritually, I need to be stronger for him. I didn't, I didn't really have this example because like many of the people, I grew up in the household that had the processed foods and they were kind of just bought into the whole allopathic Western medicine route. So uh, that would definitely be something that I want to add is just how to nurture and take care of yourself, even if you are sick, uh, which that's something that I'm currently in the process of still learning. Uh, But definitely feel like I have a good hand on that. And other things that I would want to add is freedom, like thinking outside the box not following the same route as everyone else, not going through public education system, not having to pursue a college degree, unless you really want to, because I've seen it. I've worked with people of all different um, industries. They're not necessarily all happy, even though they may be quote unquote successful, And I've known people that graduate college and they're homeless. So it, it doesn't really amount to much. So I would just want to add how to be a real human being, which would be things like being able to talk about these and being able to admit and having the awareness to address your triggers instead of running away from them, which I was admittedly doing at the time through things like alcohol or even things like video games. It's like it's avoidance. So adding that and that that's kind of difficult because I feel like a lot of people don't know how to do that. There, There's not this community. Hopefully there is in the future. Maybe we're building it. We are. <laughs> yeah. But there's not this collective community of hordes of people that are willing to really talk about these things it's just kind of like a further suppression it's like how can i keep doing things how can i be a human doing instead of a human being so which encompasses things like being vulnerable being able to be vulnerable being able to admit that you made mistakes and then ultimately knowing how to like sustain yourself and survive which we still need to work on
1: well ultimately this is why you have created this platform in the first place. So this is why you share your story authentically. This is why you have such educated. And if you want to say the word conspiracy, then add the word realist afterwards, these conspiracy realist individuals who have science backed and anecdotally backed evidence of the things that you know, are are happening and that are going on. So, you know, thank you for providing this platform because in providing this platform, not only are you adding what's missing in our immediate community, like our friends or family, even in both of our lives and our families' lives, you're adding what's missing in the following generations and you're adding what's missing in the world. So I know we talked briefly about your Adoption story in your childhood. So, for those adoptees listening, uh, what is one piece of advice that you would give to somebody? I
0: would say that it's definitely worth addressing that this was a traumatic experience, whether you as an adult want to admit that or not. Not only is it traumatic for the baby, but it's traumatic for mama too. Uh, I don't think that maternal bond ever really goes away. Um, So as far as pursuing making a connection, because I've been in touch with um, several other adoptees, uh, it can be a little difficult because again, as I mentioned, you have this traumatic experience and it can show up, um, in certain behaviors in yourself. So I, I obviously don't know the other side of the spectrum because I'm not a woman, I'm not a mother, but I can only imagine that there's a traumatic experience for the mom. And this may have shown up in certain behaviors for her as well. So who knows where they're at in their life or who knows where the rest of your biological family may be at. So, um, From experience of others meeting their families, it has not always gone so pleasantly. Uh, So this is kind of an area that you may want to tiptoe around, but it can be absolutely amazing as it was when I met my uh, biological father's side of the family. And uh, this actually goes into some of what we were reading uh, throughout your pregnancy, which was the secret life of the unborn child. So... I'm pro-life, obviously, just based off my circumstances. I do love this life. I do love what God has provided for us. And from reading that book, childhood imprinting starts before the baby is even born, when the baby's in the womb. So not only is there the traumatic uh, experience of the birth and the separation, there's also all the chemical reactions or the physiological responses that are going inside of the mother at the time, because she may not want to have to give you up for adoption, but she may know that she needs to. So there's a whole lot going on before you're even born. So honor your baby self, honor your womb baby self, and consider looking outside the box. If you are engaging in self-sabotaging behaviors in regards to your relationships, into in regards to your career, that this may actually be something that stems from your past.
1: I would say, you know, also if I could just like add a little addendum to that as well. It's not only does that directly speak to any adoptees that may be listening, but really just any human beings that also happen to be listening, um, where if you kind of can just put on your curiosity goggles or lenses or whatever it is as to any circumstance in your life, understanding, maybe asking yourself, where did this come from? Or why do I feel this way about this particular person, circumstance, event, um, you know, where did this fancy victimhood story come from? And when did I decide to give my power away to, again, external circumstances, people's things, um, anything like that really. And again, not coming from a place of judgment on yourself because we're all humans and we all have our shit, um, but really from a place of curiosity. And through that curiosity, you'd be surprised what opens up just like how, what opened up for you. And now again, like you or completely a transformed human and continue to transform every single day. So, so exciting.
0: Yeah. So I, I believe the things that I mentioned actually will resonate with a broader audience. It's not just uh, related to adoptees or even um, like foster children, but collectively, every person may have some childhood trauma, or this may even stem from their from the previous generation, this is something that I talked about with Tom Seeker on our uh, cold exposure <laughs> episode, where you can inherit behaviors from your parent and traumas from your parent that now go into you and you may pass it along. So obviously, there's people like David Goggins and such, which they're extreme badasses, they can push the physical limits of the body, but not everything needs to just be suppressed. Not everything always just has a physical fix some things are psychological, some things are mental. And a lot of people may say just, oh, shut up and just do it. Just push through. It's like, to a certain extent, taking a victim mentality is not going to serve anyone And that you should come from more of a place of ownership and responsibility. You can't fix things in the past. You can't fix mistakes from the past. You can learn from them. But these things need to be addressed. You can't fix what you do not know. So you need to shine a light on these dark areas that you may not, you may not know are even there. They may be subconscious. So I would say that you do need to address them.
1: So the last question I have for you, the people are dying to know what are you doing now? Are you coaching in person? Are you coaching online? Do you have any availability? People want your help and they wanna know how to reach you.
0: Yeah, so as far as coaching goes, I'm currently not accepting any in-person clientele. However, I am in the process of developing an online program that is set to come out in July, later in July, that will both be offered as a standalone, self-paced coaching program that you can do at your own leisure, that will cover things such as mobility, nutrition, hydration, light diet, and how to curate an environment that is gonna help facilitate the lifestyle changes that you wish to make because an environment dictates your behavior. So, how to help you sleep better and how to make these nutritional changes much, much easier on yourself. So that will be a standalone program that I will be offering. Again, it's set to come out in July. And along with this, I will also be offering my coaching services if you need an extra layer of accountability or if you just need some more customization, some more individualization to this program.
1: How would people be able to uh, hop into this program?
0: So they would be able to reach out to me and I can enroll them through the website. Website is backthehuman.us. Once the program becomes available, again, as I said, in July, should be a smooth, easy signup process. And if you are interested in one-on-one coaching to go along with it, uh, there is a standalone program, but if you do need further assistance and you do want one-on-one coaching to go along with it, you can reach out to me and shoot me a DM at King Six Killer, or just shoot me a message on the website on the contact page, packthehuman.us. You can reach me through there as well.
1: Awesome. Well, this was so fun, and again, thank you for having me. It was a pleasure interviewing you for a change and allowing the listeners to get an inside peek sneak peek of who you actually are. The man in front of the camera, the man behind the word host, you know.
0: Thank you for bringing it out of me. It was fun.